We begin tonight with the monster hurricane and its deadly impact already. And tonight, up and down the East Coast, authorities are already warning Americans to prepare for possible mass evacuations. With winds of 145 miles per hour, the Category 4 storm now 700 miles across, but traveling slowly at just 9 miles per hour. And tonight, the new track just in, showing the hurricane coming even closer to the American shoreline from Miami up through Charleston, Wilmington, Norfolk to New York City. Matthew continues marching north. We're under a hurricane watch and many schools are getting ready to close. Winds could be up to 130 to 156 miles per hour. Well-built homes could suffer severe damage. Roofs are most likely to get blown off in winds that high. We could also see several downed trees, downed power lines, and power outages could end up lasting for weeks or even months at a time. Hurricane watch means you, you should be starting your preparations now. That means getting your shutters up, preparing your house, getting your family ready for the storm. A category four hurricane, one of the strongest storms that Mother Nature can throw at us. Well, you know, we uh, watched it come up the, through the Haiti and did mass destruction. We watched Matthew come and, and uh, we heard all week that it was coming. And the people on the uh, eastern seaboard and um, did their very best to prepare. They went to the grocery store, they got extra water, they boarded up their houses, they did everything they could, many of them evacuated, and did all they could. You know, the thing I think about that storm is they had plenty of warning. I mean, we, uh, you know, the governors warned them to take a hike and get ready for the storm and there was going to be tragedy and, and uh, you know, it, the storm came and it just about destroyed Haiti again and, you know, that's the people that I feel the most pain for is uh, just so, they're so um, uh, unfortunate that it had to hit there and uh, people that are in dire need. And uh, as a church, we're going to respond some way to the needs of the hurricane. We'll let you know how that's going to be. But, you know, what I just think about, we had plenty of time to prepare. But, you know, I, I think about our lives, and I think about the storms that, that we face in life. You know, many times they just happen just like that. Just like that, you're in the eye of a storm. I mean, out of bat of an eye, I mean, the storm comes ashore, makes landfall on the shore of your life and all around you. The winds of circumstance are howling and, and you feel completely out of control, just like that. You know, this week we watched uh, people prepare and, and we watched the devastation of the storm and how people prepared and it, it's only common sense though when you think about it to prepare for a hurricane this dangerous. It also to me it kind of makes sense that we ought to prepare for the storms that come in our life and they come in an instant without any warning, without any newscaster or weather forecaster telling, uh, telling us they're coming. And so before we uh, discover how to deal with the storms that make landfall in uh, our lives, I want to share with you how to be prepared for the stormy seasons that we will all face in our lives. We're all going to face storms and stormy weather and stormy seasons in our lives, and there's four ways that we can prepare for the storms that come in our life 
without warning and sometimes with warning. But first of all, we need to make sure that we know God. We need to make sure that we know God and that Jesus Christ is your Savior, is our Savior. You know, when I think about the Bible from the beginning to the end, God talks about the storms and how uh, He will watch over us, protect us in those storms. It's just there are storm preparations all the way through uh, the Bible. There's things that will help us to uh, weather the storm and recover from the storm. But none of those promises in the Bible are for us if we don't, have, if we don't know God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so the first way that we can prepare for storms is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to know him intimately, not to know about, not just to know about God, which is religion, but to know God personally. That's our first preparation that we need to do. The second thing we need to do is keep the word of God in our hearts, to keep the word of God in our hearts. You know, I don't know about you, but I know over my lifetime there have been times that I've gotten away from the Word, and, and you know, I have a storm that might happen in my life, and the next thing you know, I'm looking for my Bible, I'm looking, how, you know, I'm getting in the Word, I'm doing everything I need to do to read the Bible, claim the promises, and I'm saying to you and I, if we're going to be prepared for the storms of life, we need to have the Word of God in our hearts, and the way we do that is memorizing the Word is to find that promise and memorize that promise. I've got hundreds of verses in my mind that I memorize. I may not know them exactly word for word, and they might be different translations and this and that, but i got to tell you, when the storms of life come, they're just good that you can pull out that word that you've hidden in your heart so that you can handle the storms of life. The next way that we can be sure to handle the storms of life, to be prepared for the storms of life, is that we can have a vital prayer life. Not just an emergency prayer. You know, many of us have emergency prayer lives. When the storms get rough and the waves are beating against our lives, then we'll fall to our knees. But when the sun's shining, many times we just kind of forget about that. We go along life. And I'm saying to you that we need to have a vital prayer life. We need to have a vital prayer life. You might say, why is that? Because you see, our prayer life ushers us daily into the presence of God. And if we're going to be prepared for storms, we got to be prepared and know God's presence on a daily basis, to be in his presence every day of our life. We have to, um, we have, to have a reminder of his daily presence in our life. And we do that when we have a vital prayer life. You know, when we're in the middle of the storm, we don't have to wonder where God's at. We know where God's at. We know that he's right there with us and that we can experience his presence on a daily basis in our life. But you know, no matter how much the folks on the East Coast prepared for Matthew, it didn't stop it from battering the shore and wrecking havoc in the lives of people in his past. And so today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4 as we continue our series called Seasons. We're going to look at a story about a physical storm and how it relates to the spiritual storms of our lives. You know, those storms that come in our life when they seem so big, when our faith seems so small. You know, are, are those times when you feel so overwhelmed and afraid that you're going to be washed away by the storm? We've all experienced those types of storms. And Jesus' disciples, they were no different. So let's look at a couple of lessons that we can learn that will help us during the stormy seasons of our lives from the storm 
that the disciples found themselves in. And we're going to read from Mark chapter 4, and we're going to begin at verse uh, 35. So if you have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, but here's what the Bible says in verse 35. That, um, it says this, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Now I want you to remember that. Here they are, they've had a busy day, and they've uh, done the work that uh, uh, Jesus has done the work and spoken to the people, and he's healed people, he's, he's shared the parables, and he's saying now, he's saying, when the evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, sounds so impersonal, doesn't it? They took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. The Bible says a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. I mean, he was at peace, man. He's just having a little snooze. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, get a life. It's a storm going on and you're over there snoring and you don't care a bit about us. Doesn't say that, but anyway. He got up, rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. I want you to remember that word terrified. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And the first lesson that I get from this story from the Bible is that storms come. And they come out of nowhere. They come suddenly. I mean, one minute you're in the boat having a good time, life's good, you had a good day, and all of a sudden the storms come. The Bible says a furious, furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You know, even if everything in your life is going great right now and you're experiencing sunshine uh, in your life today, there's a stormy season on the horizon. The Bible tells us clearly that none of us are immune to storms. The Bible tells us, Jesus says it rains on the, uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. And we talked about that last week. You know, you can be having a terrible time in your life as a believer and you can look it over at somebody that doesn't ever give God a thought, never goes to church, never prays, never, and you look at their life and you say, my goodness, everything's going good for them, but look at my life. And when you see that, you can know that the Bible is true, what Jesus says. It rains on the just and the unjust. What does that mean? It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Good things happen to uh, righteous people and, and bad things happen to righteous people and vice versa. It rains. Everyone has seasons of storms in their life, believers and unbelievers. Matter of fact, some of you right now, you love God with all your heart. I mean, you've served Him for years in your life. And you give him the best that you've got. You surrendered your life to him. And right now, hurricane force winds are blowing in your life. Others of you, thank goodness, you've just come through a storm. I mean, and the sun's shining again, and you're praising the Lord, and, and things are good in your life. And the rest of you, beware. There's a storm warning. There's a storm tracking your way. Because storms happen to all of us. We all face storms. What storm are you facing right now? And many of you are. Some of you online are facing a storm. Most of us are facing, uh, most of us, we all face different kinds of storms. Some of you, it's job related. I mean, some of you, I mean, you hate your job. 
I mean, and you, the thought of going makes you want to just throw up. I mean, you got a crazy boss, and, and you're thinking, man, I got to get myself out of here. You know, I got a coworker that just irritates, a, you know, out of me, and I, I, I got to get, I got to get out of here. A lot of people are fighting a financial storm. I mean, you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. You've done everything you know to do. You, you, you've tithed. You've done what you need to do. And, 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 and I'm telling you, there, you, don't, you just don't know how you're going to pay the rent. And others of you, you got bad news from the doctor. I mean, you got a phone call. Well, probably an email. They don't phone call much anymore. If you got Kaiser, you get it on your app. Uh, hey, you're going to die, according to your app. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> I know there are a lot of marriages today. I know there are people in here and watching online that your marriage stinks and you're hurting and you're going through a difficult time and you're just in a storm and all you're trying to do is just hang on for dear life. You know, some of you are depressed for obvious reasons. And then there are others you are just depressed and you really don't know why you're depressed. You're just flat out discouraged. For some of you, it's your kids. I mean, you raised your kids. I mean, you raised them right. You did everything you could. You bring them to church. You prayed for them. You did everything you could do. You could do, and now they're doing screwy things in their life, and you're not sure what to do. And some of you, you know, you're uh, facing the death of a loved one. I mean, just suddenly, out of nowhere, your loved one or a good friend just passed away, and you're left in a terrible storm. And some of you have psycho family members. I mean. <laughs> They're driving you nuts. And you're thinking, already thinking about Christmas or Thanksgiving. You're thinking, I got to eat turkey with that wacko. <laughs> and it causes chaos in your family. And I mean, you're in a storm because of that family member. You know, and, and you say to yourself, man, I'm in a storm right now, but I wish I wasn't. Why am, in that? Why am I in this storm? What is going on in my life? And there are four possibilities. Number one is maybe you made a bad decision. You know, we make bad decisions in life. And maybe you made a bad decision, a, a stupid choice. You knew that you shouldn't do it, but you know what? You went ahead and did it, and now you're paying the consequences because you made a bad decision. I mean, it's just like you made this decision, and boom! I mean, a storm came, and it's knocked you off your feet, and you're facing the bloody consequences of a bad choice. It might be that you're under attack from the enemy. You know, there's an enemy. His name is Satan. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to steal and kill and destroy your children. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your joy and your happiness. And maybe you're in a storm today like Job. Because you're living such a good life that the devil came along and said to the God, you let me put her to the test and we'll find out how much he loves you or he loves you. And you're under a satanic attack in your life. And you know what? Finally, it might be that you're under attack today. Not finally, because I think I've got a couple more. <laughs> you're under attack today uh, because we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. Stuff happens. You know, life's good. Stuff happens. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world because Adam and Eve decided to go against what God wants. And ever since that day, you and I have lived in a broken world. And Jesus himself, he said in the Bible, he said, uh, uh, it's going to come up there. Yeah, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus himself is saying, in this world, you're going to have storms. But what does he say? But take heart. 
I have overcome the world. So we face storms in our life because of our uh, broken world we live in. And the fourth reason that you might be in a storm, and maybe you never thought about this, is because you're being obedient. You're being obedient. Maybe you're in a storm because you said yes to Jesus. That's what the disciples did. You remember uh, in, our, in our story in, in, in verse 35, you, you know, they're having a good day and Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. And, and being good disciples, they got in the boat and they headed out for the other side. All they were being was obedient. They were doing what God wanted them to do in their life and bam, a storm because of their obedience. And maybe in your life you're in a storm today because you're doing what you thought God wanted you to do and you're pretty sure you're being obedient. And I got to tell you, obedience does not mean you won't face storms. Sometimes the storm's worse when we're obedient than when we're not obedient. But the Sea of Galilee, which they were on, is 680 feet below sea level and it's surrounded by hills. And, and the winds blow across the, the land, intensify close to the sea, and oftentimes it causes violent storms and unexpected storms. And then you think about it, the disciples, they were seasoned fishermen. And they spent their whole lives on the lake. But during this storm, they panicked and they were afraid. And when I think about that storm, you know, these guys were seasoned. They've been out on that lake fishing many, many days and they've faced many, many storms. But I think this particular day, this was, a, this was what we call in Kieseltown a doozy. I mean, this was a storm of all storms and they were afraid and they panicked and, 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 and the storm was a physical storms and, and storms come in many forms. They come in hurricanes or snow or, or ice or tornadoes or earthquakes and so on, but spiritual storms come in all forms as well. And they happen without notice. In a moment of your life, you can be flooded. You lose your job. You lose your job, man. I talked to somebody this week that just lost their job out of clear blue or, or family members in a serious accident or your doctor calls with bad news or your spouse walks out on you or your basement floods or your finances fall apart or someone you love dies unexpectedly or your kids fall away and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Are you in a storm? I got to tell you, storms come and they happen. And when spiritual storms come, they bring up all kinds of emotions. I mean, they bring up emotions like anger or fear. They bring up fear. First of all, we're afraid. Oh, no, this storm is going to take us out. The disciples, they experience fear. And, and, and when we are in a storm, when that storm comes, we're afraid. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We're not sure what's going to happen in our life and how we're going to make it. And then we get angry. I mean, the disciples got angry. Hey, God, what are you doing over there sleeping? I mean, I, I'm sure they were a little bit puzzled. Hey, we're just doing what you want us to do, and now you're over there sleeping and having a good time, and we're out here about ready to die. And we get angry. We get angry at God. We get angry at other people when we're in a storm. We worry. Oh, my. We worry, and we worry, and we worry, and then we get, start getting frustrated, and we get frustrated. We start treating people like we don't normally treat people, and we're just frustrated, and we're, our life is so filled with uncertainty. We're facing those emotions when we go through storms like fear and anger, worry, frustration, and uncertainty. And here's what I'm saying to you today. You need to take the storm that is flooding your life for what it is. It's just a season. It's just a season. And like seasons of nature, it will change. I mean, you just think about this weekend. I mean, here, just right here in Fredericksburg, I mean, it rained cats and dogs yesterday, man. It was raining. 
And it was storming the last night during the night if you were awake at all. I mean, the wind was blowing and howling. And I mean, it was storming. Think about the people on in North Carolina, South Carolina, up the coastline. I mean, just two days ago, it was terrible. And man, I pulled in the parking lot this morning. Well, I woke up this morning, I looked out over toward the church, and there was blue skies. Man, I drove into the church, I got on the parking lot, and the beautiful sun was coming up over that beautiful food line. I mean, what a beautiful sunrise. <laughs> I mean, the storm's gone. I mean, as quick as it came, now it's gone and the sun is shining again. And I'm here to tell you, you might be in a bad season right now and the storm is ugly, but there is a beautiful season coming in your life. So knowing storms are going to make landfill on the shores of our lives, we need to learn how to, re, to uh, recover from them. I mean, the next couple weeks down in Florida and South Carolina and Georgia and all of the East Coast, they're going to be recovering. Haiti will take forever and ever if they ever recover. And Cuba and those places, they'll be recovering. How do you recover when you've been devastated by a storm in your life? How to recover? Well, first of all, we need to confess. We need to confess our need for God. You know, we often uh, worry. We often uh, assume that God doesn't care, and, 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 and or, or we could be honest, and we can confess our need for God. You know, in verse 38b, the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher! I mean, I don't think they went, Teacher. <laughs> I, I think they went, Jesus, don't you even care if we drowned? Now, that's honest. That's an honest confession. God, here I am. I'm in the doo-doo up to my waist. I don't know what to do. And are you over there sleeping? Don't you care if I die? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care about my children? And now, when we start telling God that, we're honest with God. They were honest. Hey, Jesus, we're here. We're scared to death. We're about to drown, and you're over there on a cushion sleeping. What's up with that? I mean, goodness sakes, don't you care? How many of us have said in the storms of life, Jesus, don't you care? Or we've said to God, you don't care. You know, and, and, we, and, and many times in the storm, we just turn our backs on God. And we say, God, you don't care. But they were honestly confessing their fear and anxiety to Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? We're about to drown here, buddy. Be honest and tell Jesus you need him in the storm. The second thing we need to do is surrender to God. Surrender to God. Surrender your worries. Surrender your anxieties and your stresses to God. You know, storms cause us to worry and fret and do crazy things, but just visit the grocery store during a storm warning, if you don't believe me. My goodness, you want to get killed, go to the grocery store on the day before a big snowstorm. And the other thing is, why do we always buy toilet paper? I mean, my goodness, we buy toilet paper, milk, and bread. And I, I bet you some of you have got toilet paper since Hurricane Angus or whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's that a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, you know, you go to the grocery store and everybody's panicking. They're worried. Oh, no, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm not going to be able to wipe. <laughs> whatever. I shouldn't have said that, bro. But, <laughs> but, but when you carry your worries and your stresses and your de uh, daily struggles by yourself, if you have an area of your life that, you have, that you're carrying and it's causing you worry and fret, I can tell you this is an area you've not surrendered to God. 
And if you're worried about your children and you're carrying stress about, oh, how much children are how much children are I can tell you that's an area you've not surrendered. There is a time in every parent's life where we have no longer have any control. I can tell you at 12 years old, the blood quits going to the brain. And it's at that point, you better surrender them to God. You better surrender them to God because the blood will come back. It'll start flowing again. But if you don't, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're stressed out about, you've not truly just surrendered that to God. I have those areas in my life that I realize, well, I've not surrendered that to God. First Peter says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand and he will lift you up in due time, his time, not our time, and cast all of your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares about you. So when the storms of life are closing in on you, surrender, surrender. God, I surrender. I surrender. I give this to you, God. You know, you surrender your pride. You surrender by humbling yourself. Admit that you need God's help. And the Bible says that God will lift you up. That God will lift you up. He will lift me up. And then you will recognize that God cares and loves you. There's a Psalms, and I can't pull the exact Psalm out, but I, I know David's in doo-doo land, and he's having a tough time, and storms are coming. And he says, he confesses to God, and it says, the Bible says that God lifted him up and set him high on a rock. And what that means to me is David was looking down and saying, wow, boy, it's tough down there, but, I, but God has lifted me up. Because I have humbled myself, and I have said to God, I need you. And the Bible says that God lifts us up. He lifts us up in due time, and the psalmist says he sets me high on the rock. I can't tell you how many times that I've claimed that promise in my life. And during those storms, God will lift us up. Whew, I'm tired. I think I'm going to quit and bring, come back next week and finish this one. Whew, I need another seven weeks off. That's all I can say. <laughs> Anyway, the next thing we need to do when we face the storms of life is to focus your faith on Jesus. Focus your faith on Jesus. I think I put that wrong in your notes. But it's so easy during the storm to lose your focus and focus on the storm. You know, we keep our mind focused on the storm. Oh my gosh, i got to figure this out. My finances are terrible. I got My marriage is terrible. We just focus, focus, focus on that. And I'm saying to us that when we're in the storm, we need to focus on Jesus. You see, the during the storms of life, we need to focus our faith on Jesus, not on the storm. And for heaven's sakes, not on other people. You know, we run to the darndest people to get, get advice and get direction when we're in the middle of the storm. Or, or we go buy the latest help book or, or we rely on substances or whatever. And I'm saying to you that the Bible teaches us to stay focused on Jesus. To keep our eyes on him. The author and perfecter of our salvation. He will finish what he has begun. You see in our story the disciples were focused on the storm. And even though Jesus was right there in the boat with them. I mean here he is. He's right there. He's right there. They watched him heal the blind. Uh, make the lame to walk. They've watched him cast out demons. They've watched him raise the dead. They've done all those things, and here he is in the boat with them, right there with them, and they're still scared. They're still scared, scared to death. But as soon as they turned their focus on Jesus, he calmed the storm. You see, when our faith is focused on Jesus, we can be assured that no matter how bad things get, the storm will not stick around forever. And that leads us to the next lesson that we learn. Storms will go. Storms come and storms go. You so they, they will also leave. They show up, but they will leave. I've never seen a storm stay forever. 
Has anybody here been in a storm forever, seen a storm rain forever? Usually in a day or two, the winds die down, the water rescinds, the clouds move out, and the sun shines again. And whatever storm you're in today, I want to promise you on the authority of God's Word that it will, the sun will shine again. I don't know when it'll shine in your life. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. But I can tell you, it's going to shine again in your life if you will hold on and you will trust Jesus. We can always take hope in the fact that no matter how bad things get, this too shall pass. In our story, when Jesus spoke the winds and the, to the winds and the waves, just as suddenly as the storm moved in, it moved out. Look at verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Shh, be still. Be still. And didn't you know it? The wind died down, and it was completely calm. So in closing, I just want to give you Four takeaways real quickly. You say, four? Good gracious, buddy. But it's just four. I want you to know this. When you're in a storm, Jesus is in your boat. He's in your boat. You might think he's asleep. You might think he doesn't care. You know, I had a good friend of mine, my spiritual mentor. He's with Jesus right now. He told me, when you think Jesus is not doing something, he is. He is. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a born-again believer and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that no matter where you go in your life, He is in your boat. He's there. He's in your boat. He knows all about you. He knows about your loneliness. He knows about your, your hurt. He knows about, He knows about all of your fears. He knows everything about you. I love the promise that we have in Isaiah 46, 16. Here's what the Bible says. God, now think about this. God has engraved your image on the palm of his hand. Think about that. The God, the creator of heaven, the same God that hung the stars in the moon and sky has your image carved in the palm of his hand. The palm is the most tender place in the world. You stick a pin in that thing and it hurts. And I just got to think that when we hurt, it's like you stuck a pin in God's hand, the palm of God's hand, and He's aware of where you're at today. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. There's a scripture in the Psalms that says that He even has all of our tears stored up for in heaven. When you get to heaven, you can see every tear you ever cried because He has them stored up. That tells me that God cares about me and that God cares about you. You said the second thing is that, uh, that God uh, has the power to calm any storm that you're facing today. I want to tell you something. Don't underestimate the power of God in your life. The, the, the disciples, man, they underestimated the power of God in their life. But do you realize this? The same power, the same, very same power that said, be quiet, be still, that same power that calmed the storm, that same power lives in your life when you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's why it's important when the storms come to be prepared by knowing God. He knows all about you and he knows all about what you're facing right now. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. And if there's enough power to raise a dead man from the grave, God can raise up dead finances. God can raise up dead marriages. He can raise up kids that's gone astray. Whatever's happening in your life, there is enough power in the name of Jesus Christ to raise up dead things to life. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares about us. And he has enough power to take care of everything in your life. Praise the Lord for that. And long after the storm passes, Jesus will always be there. 
He will always be there. The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will be our helper in times of need. He's promised that. And the final thing that you can take away today is that while waiting on the storm, while waiting the storm out, praise him. Have you ever given that some thought in your life today? To praise him during the storm instead of crying and whining and worrying like we do. But instead of doing that, to praise him, that verb, the word terrified that I told you to remember in that verse in 41, you know what that means? It means to be in awe. It means to be in awe of God. The disciples, they didn't know what else to do. They didn't know what else to think. It says they were terrified. What that meant was they were praising God. They were in awe of God. You know, when's the last time you and I have been in awe of God? When's the last time we have seen the power, the supernatural power of God activated in our life and in our family's life and our children's life? And I'm telling you, those are the times when the storm is on us that the only thing we know to do is be in awe and praise Him. Are you going through a storm right now and you don't know what else to do? And I'm saying to you, as you wait out your storm, praise Him. Right now, in spite of the storm, your storm, praise Him. I read this week about experienced boaters, fishermen that are out on the seas, and when the terrible storms come up in their life, when those winds come blowing in their life, they carry what they call a, um, a sea anchor. Now, a sea anchor is different than a boat anchor. A boat anchor, that big old heavy thing, drops to the bottom. No, they carry, during a storm, they carry a, what's called a sea anchor. And when the waves and the storm is beating them out, they, they cast out this sea anchor. Here's what it looks like right here. It looks like a parachute to me. But, and, and they tell us that when the waves and the storms are beating them to death and they cast out this sea anchor, what that does, it keeps the stern of the boat headed in the direction of the waves, in the direction of the storm. It heads them right into the storm. And you say, well, that sounds foolish. What happens in that, it keeps the boat from turning sideways and being hit by the storm broadside and rolling it over. And I got to tell you, folks, that you and I, we have an anchor. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he has promised that he will hold us stable. We can walk right into the storm with confidence knowing that our anchor right here he is as our anchor is Jesus Christ. And whatever storm you're in right now, I can promise you, you can walk faced right into it knowing that you're not going to be broadside, that you're not going to drown, that you're not going to be turned upside down as long as you keep your trust in Him because He is our anchor. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Jesus, for your presence here. We give you praise in your name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to worship together. Some of you are in a storm right now. And you're going to give you an opportunity right now to praise your way through that storm and put your trust in the anchor. Our only hope, folks, in the storms of life is our anchor, and that's Jesus Christ. And maybe you want to come up here today and you want to pray because you're in a storm and you just want to come here and know that you can kneel before Jesus. You can wake him up and confess your need for him. However God leads you, let's just worship and praise God like we really mean it today. Let's be in awe of God in his presence here today.